Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and this morning show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about a few results from yesterday's games and headlines, as well as talk about today's betting slate and which bets we like. And then we're also going to cap it off with our Cleveland Browns preview show, talking about them from a betting perspective as well as from a fantasy perspective. But our episode today is brought to you by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There's a variety of sports available on the website, and Bet99 works both smoothly on desktop and mobile app, which can be downloaded from their homepage. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. So let's get into yesterday's recap. We missed on the parlay yesterday, but went two and one on the parlay picks. We got Tottenham minus one and a half correct. So they won four to one. We had Villa lose on the money line to Bournemouth two to nothing. A bit of a surprising result, even though they were on the road. Didn't see Bournemouth picking up three points right out of the gate, but they were able to. And then we had Wolves and Leeds, both teams to score. That one cashed in the first half in a high-scoring affair. So we also cashed the Mets' money line both games yesterday. We we talked about that one on the show as well. So four in one day, starting to right the ship in August and really looking forward to the rest of the month. Now let's talk about how some of the games went yesterday uh, and even today because we had a couple early morning EPL games. Um, EPL-wise, we'll, we'll go right down the board. Fulham picked up a 2-2 two to two draw versus Liverpool massive result for them they were up one nothing midway through the second half they got a penalty late on as well so they pick up a much needed draw against Liverpool at home we already touched on Bournemouth in the Leeds game but Newcastle wins two to nothing over Nottingham Forest as well as Chelsea picks up the one to nothing win over Everton bit of a fortunate result for them but they pick up the three points nonetheless then when we're talking WNBA the Wings won 95 to 91 over the Fever and the Mercury win 76-62 to 62 over the Liberty. Then when we're talking Wyndham Championship, uh, tough betting week as far as golf goes. We do have Russell Henley T7 heading into uh, later on this morning uh, for the weekend slate. Outside of that, we had a withdraw from Kevin Kisner, Streelman missed cut, and then both of our winner picks are outside the top 20, so looking unlikely that they're going to be picking that one up for us as well. Then when we're talking about CFL yesterday, the Argos win 34-20 to over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Once again, we faded that play altogether. We're a little bit unsure of it. Uh, and then BC Lions 46-14 to over the Elks. Not a close game. We said yesterday we hate double-digit spreads, but the Elks are terrible. And the Elks lived up to the billing as far as that one goes. And then MLB-wise, we'll do a quick recap. Cubs won 4 to nothing over the Marlins. Mariners 2-1 to one over the Angels. The Orioles 6-3 to three over the Pirates. 
the Phillies 11 to 5 over the Nationals, the Tigers 9 to 1 over the Rays, the Guardians 4 to 1 over the Astros, the Rangers with the shutout 8 to nothing over the White Sox. Giants win 7 to 3 over the A's. Shout out to the Giants, they kept us alive in the give back gamblers. I pool as far as their survivor pool goes then we had the royals five to four over the red Sox. the twins seven to three over the jays the reds pick up the upset win seven to five on the road over to the brewers the cardinals win one to nothing over the yankees rockies two to three to two over the diamondbacks the dodgers eight to three over the padres and the angels win the second one of the doubleheader seven to one now let's look on to today's betting slate uh we did have couple games this morning that we put tweets out about that we liked. We liked Leicester and Brentford, both teams to score at minus 148. That one hits. 2-2 two to two is the final there. And we had both teams to score in the Man United and Brighton game 2-1. to one. That one hits as well. The one that we're keeping an eye on now is Manchester City versus West Ham. That one's coming up here in about 25 minutes time. We'll see if Holland can make his debut and, and maybe score a goal for them. But we're on West Ham plus one and a half at home today against Manchester City. Bit of a gamble as as I think Man City are the favorites this year, but I think they have the ability to keep it close. And the fact that last year West Ham finished quite strongly, I do feel good about this bet. Now let's talk MLB. I do like the Astros today, minus 135 against the Guardians. You got Javier on the mound taking on McKenzie. Over-under is at eight. I think I like the over there as well, but... The official play for us is Astros minus 135. Then the Orioles are minus 175 over the Pirates. You got Watkins versus Wilson. Fading this game altogether. Don't like either of these teams. A little bit too volatile when we're talking about bad teams. Phillies are minus 320 versus the Nationals today. Nationals got Abbott on the mound and Nola's going for the Phillies. I do like the Phillies today on the run line. Unfortunately, you got to play the minus two and a half in order to get plus value at plus 105. Not sure if I'm willing to go that far, but I would bet the minus one and a half in a parlay. I like the Rays. They're minus 190 today versus the Tigers. It's Rasmussen versus Manning. I do like the under in this game at eight and a half because I think Rasmussen's going to pitch a gem today. And so I like the under in that game. Brewers have Burns on the mound today, so they're minus 290 versus the Reds, who have Ashcroft going. I do like the over 7.5 here. Uh, While I do like Burns, I do think that they still give up a couple runs, but they score enough in order to cross that 7.5 mark. Then you got the Jays minus 165 versus the Twins, and the Red Sox minus 145 against the Royals. Fading both of these games, don't love the 8.5 and 9.5 line. And don't trust either road team to get it done with those money line plays. You got the Yankees minus 140 versus the Cardinals today. I tend to like the Cardinals here with Wainwright going, but I'm going to fade this one as well, just not one that I love. Then we got the Cubs minus 125 versus the Marlins. I like Samson, who's going up against Lazardo, but again, going to fade these ones. Don't love either of these teams. Then we have the White Sox minus 150 versus the Rangers. I like Giolito going against Howard. Even though they're on the road, I like the White Sox today in that game. And then we've got Webb versus Martinez as the Giants are minus 210 against the A's. Once again, going to go with the Giants, going to go with the road team here. Although I don't know if I like the run line, I might just sprinkle the money line in a parlay here uh, with them being on the road. Diamondbacks are minus 155 against the Rockies with Davies against Urena. 
I do think I like Davies in that matchup, but going to stay away from that game. And then the official parlay that we have for today, Mets money line once again today versus the Braves. You got DeGrom going against Strider. Just really love that play. So I'm rolling with the Mets money line. The Mariners versus the A's, I'm taking the over. It's Davidson versus Gonzalez. Don't love either of these pitchers. And so I think they cruise past the over in this game. And then I'm rolling with the Dodgers at home, minus 135 against the Padres. Padres have got Darvish going, and the Dodgers have Anderson going. Anderson's 12-1 and on the year, so I'm going to go with the Dodgers there. So that's our official parlay for today that we're going to be posting on Twitter in a little bit here. And so that is the official betting plays for the Competitive Hedge podcast today. Now, let's start talking NFL preview-wise because we are looking at the Cleveland Browns today. Now, this is a team that we should say that they've had a very interesting offseason. They're coming off an eight and nine year last year. They lost three of their last four to miss the playoffs last year. So this is a team that I think is coming into the year with a lot of question marks. A lot of that's probably going to be determined in the coming days, potentially weeks, in regards to Deshaun Watson, because they were third in the division last year. They were 11th overall in the AFC. They were an offense that struggled. They were 18th in yards per game, despite having one of the better defenses. And so they went out in the offseason. They re-signed Jadavion Clowney. They brought in Jacoby Brissett to play the backup role because we knew that they weren't going to be moving forward with Baker Mayfield once the Deshaun Watson trade happened. Then you had Amari Cooper. He replaces Jarvis Landry, a team that also traded Odell Beckham mid-year or let him go, we should say. So this is an interesting team heading into the year. And the main headline when it comes to Cleveland this year is will Deshaun Watson play this year? Now, I think he's going to play at some point this year, just not that many games. And because of that, I'm not sure if he necessarily then takes the field. Because if you look at it right now, he's slated to get six games. And the NFL's pursuing a lot more than that. They're pursuing him to miss the entire season. So I think that you're going to find it somewhere in the middle there where he maybe gets 10 to 12 games. And because of that, Cleveland's going to be out of the playoff hunt at that point. Because I don't think that they have the team around a guy like Jacoby Brissett. And quite frankly, I don't think Jacoby Brissett has the ability to take them on a run and really get them into the playoff race, especially with how tough the AFC is this year. Now, without Watson, how good can Cleveland actually be? As I said, Jacoby, he's been a starter in Indianapolis. He's played some games in Miami. He's kind of just that veteran guy that he's okay, but he's not going to win you games. He's going to game manage. They're going to rely heavily on the run game this year. And there's even question marks regarding that. Given today, Kareem Hunt is holding out. He wants to either be traded or given an extension. So Nick Chubb is going to get the majority of the carries regardless. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. And he proved it once again last year. But this is an offense where they do have a reliable wide receiver one in Amari Cooper. Uh, They don't have a lot of options outside of that. We're talking guys like David Njoku in that offense. So not too crazy about this offense as a whole from a fantasy perspective. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But where does this leave Cleveland from, from betting perspective? Because over under there at nine and a half. And to me, I'm hammering the under on that because if Deshaun Watson, even if he misses six games, I think crossing 10 wins would be very tough for Cleveland this year. So the unders minus 139 
it's one that I would definitely put some money on. And this is a team that has the ninth easiest schedule this year. They're right up there. Uh, they get the Steelers twice. That's obviously going to be uh, a gift for them this year, given the fact that they have Mitchell Trubisky instead of the Big Ben teams of the past. Now, they do get the Ravens and Bengals twice. That's a tough situation for them. The Ravens, they may have missed the playoffs last year, but as we already talked about in our preview, this is going to be a much improved team as long as they can stay healthy. Now, on the Bengals side of things, they just went to the Super Bowl last year. So I think when we're talking Cleveland, unless Deshaun comes back and plays later in the year, they'll be lucky to pick up two division wins. Three would be an absolute stretch, I think, this year. So they're already behind the eight ball in the division. If they are going to cross that nine and a half win total, you have to look at the rest of their schedule. They need the Panthers to not be as advertised. They need the Jets, the Falcons, teams like the Pats, the Texans, the Saints, the, the Commanders. They essentially need to sweep those games because they've got teams like the Bucks still. They've got the Bills. They've got the Chargers. Those are all very tough games. And so that's why I really like the under on this one because I just don't like this team a lot if they don't have Deshaun as quarterback. Now, third place in the division at plus 200 for Cleveland intrigues me quite a bit because I still think Jacoby is on par with Trubisky, and I think Cleveland's got the better run game. They've got a pretty equal defense, and so with the schedule that they have, I think they have the potential to finish third in the division still, even if Deshaun doesn't see the field at all. And so at plus 200 for Cleveland to finish third, that's a bet that I really like moving forward. Now let's talk fantasy value-wise for this Cleveland team. Deshaun Watson, he enters into the season as quarterback 17 from a fantasy perspective, the ADP being 134. He's right behind Tua, but he's ahead of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Now, I do think that if you're drafting Deshaun Watson, you need to have a solid quarterback in the meantime. Like you need to go get the Staffords, the Bradys, the Rodgers, and then you hope that Deshaun plays at some point this year. And then if he does, then he probably is more valuable from a fantasy perspective than those guys. He's not better than those guys, just from a fantasy perspective. He definitely brings a lot to the table. Now, running back-wise, you got Nick Chubb. His ADP is 15. He's running back nine. It seems very low for Chubb, but he was running back seven last year. Uh, as far as standard league goes, PPR, he was running back 13. This was because he missed three games, so I still like his value a ton, uh, given where he's going right now. If you decide to go wide receiver in round one a little bit later, or you maybe get that first running back out of the way, Chubb is a great option to have in that second round. Uh, he can blow up. He can have 150-yard games, two touchdowns. Like His value is through the roof in that Cleveland offense, and if Jacoby's at the helm, then all the more reason to draft a guy like Chubb because you're not going to see a lot of other guys uh, really making an impact in that offense. Now, he's somehow behind Joe Mixon and DeAndre Swift. I take Chubb ahead both of those guys. Alvin Kamara, I would stay away from in the meantime. Want to see what happens with his whole situation. Now, Kareem Hunt, his ADP is 80, so you can get him in the seventh, eighth round. Just know if you're drafting Kareem Hunt, he's not getting the bulk of the carries. You're hoping for touchdowns, maybe some receptions. And so I don't love the Kareem Hunt value this year, especially now hearing that he might hold out. Just not a situation that I'm really looking to get involved in. So I would take other teams, 
maybe even a Tony Pollard ahead of a guy like Hunt, because I feel like Pollard has a lot more of a role in that offense. Now, Amari Cooper, he is wide receiver 22. He's got an ADP of 56. I really do like Cooper, obviously being a Dallas fan, I'm, I'm always going to have a bit of a soft spot for Cooper, but I do think when you look at his value of where he's at, there is definitely uh, a lot to be said for that, given he's one spot ahead of Hollywood Brown, but he is behind the Denver duo of Judy and Sutton, as well as Mike Williams, the number two in that Chargers offense. And you can see why he's behind those guys when you've got Russell Wilson, when you've got Justin Herbert, even at Hollywood Brown's case, he may be just ahead of him, but he's got Kyler Murray there. And we already know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss some time. So Hollywood's value goes up. So I think that they've appropriately rated Cooper. You're hoping that Deshaun comes back. So Amari would be lethal come fantasy football playoff time. If not, he's stuck in that offense with Jacoby. And you're hoping just for a lot of targets because Jacoby's going to rely on him from a weapons perspective. Any other Browns wide receivers, stay away from them in fantasy. Um, this is a team that you should probably avoid like the plague from that perspective. Uh, even David Njoku, when we're talking tight ends, he's ADP 145. He's just behind Noah Fant, who also doesn't have a great quarterback. He's going to be having Drew Locke sling him the football, and he's behind Tyler Higby. So I don't love Njoku. I think I would actually rather have both of those guys I just mentioned in Fant and Higby just because I feel like at least Fant has the history with Locke, and so he's going to maybe lean on him a little bit. And then Higby, he's in a great offense. So that's why I would stay away from Njoku as a tight end. If you want to get him as a second tight end, stash him on your bench just in case an injury happens. Completely up to you, but this is not a guy that I would love to draft. And then their defense is 16th. They're behind the Bengals, but ahead of the Eagles. I think this is just more so they're ranking them here because they're anticipating that the offense is going to struggle. And when offenses struggle and the defense has to play 35, 40 minutes a game, that's when they run into issues. So from a fantasy perspective, owning the Browns defense may not be your best uh, situation moving forward. So Cleveland's season, it basically hangs in the balance of these, these coming days. We know that Deshaun has been given six games they're appealing we're going to see how many he ends up getting if it ends up being more Cleveland might be a team that you definitely are hamming, hammering the under on the win total uh that's probably going to drop if Deshaun Watson gets ruled out for 10 12 the full season you're going to see Cleveland's win total drop to six and a half seven and a half so if you believe that that's going to happen take that under right away but Cleveland's playing for next season I think that's when you'll truly see how good this group can really be. At most, I think Deshaun's getting a year, which means we'll see him next season. And so that's what I would do from a Cleveland Browns perspective. But I appreciate everyone who tunes into the live show every single day. Uh, we've got some other great previews coming up as far as NFL teams go. Uh, we're recording later on today with Mo Murphy talking about our Dallas Cowboys. We've also got the Denver uh, Broncos, we got Spit and Picklets coming on for that one. Detroit, we've got Craig Campbell. So we got a lot of great guests coming up. Uh, Cincinnati is tomorrow as well. We're running solo for that one as well. So appreciate everyone who tunes in. We will see you guys tomorrow morning for the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast.